Imagine, if you will, a random guy talking about random stuff on the internet. Talking about anything and everything. But most of it means nothing to you. He just talks and talks and talks. And never shuts up. You want to turn him off, but for some reason, you stay and listen. You're stuck here now. In the podcast zone. Welcome to episode 6 of All the Good Names Are Taken Podcast. I am Reese, aka Jobless Reese, aka Homeless Reese, aka Hopeless Reese, aka Hopeful Reese. Just call me Reese, because that's my name. Today we're going to go over a few things. First, I want to talk about lottery. What would you do if you hit it? I'll tell you what I would do, and I'll tell you about a story I saw and heard about over the weekend. I was like, what? Then we're going to talk about food, namely prepared food, fast food, restaurant food, food other people make, and why, to me, that's the scariest thing in the world. Lastly, we're going to talk about how car rentals are a scam. I give you a story so it won't happen to you. So let's go. So over the weekend, I heard about a man hitting the Powerball lottery for a lot of money. We're talking over $400 million. Crazy part about this guy is that he actually lost his ticket. He lost his ticket. He bought it at the store. He lost his ticket. And a good Samaritan, aka an idiot, just kidding, not really, found the lost ticket, turned it into the guy. That ended up being the winning Powerball number. And he has a lot of money now. $400 million before taxes, to be exact. To be approximate, because exact would be knowing the number, like 436, but I don't know what it is. I just know it's 400 million, which is 400 million more dollars than I have. But I'm in debt, so it's 400 million plus. Incredible story. Incredible story. Don't know if it could have been me. Like, imagine being that really nice person that finds the lottery ticket turns it in and that person wins hundreds of millions of dollars there's some people that have easily stolen lottery tickets that aren't worth nearly that much and pass it off as their own eventually something happens maybe go to court etc etc but by the time all that gets sorted out that person could be somewhere in like aruba with all their money or in switzerland Lots of places with all that money. I think the lottery winner gave them something for their troubles. I think that's what happened. But <laughs> when it comes to hundreds of millions of dollars, I mean, how like how much is that person, the lottery winner, supposed to give them? They're not supposed to give them anything, but how much would giving them really satisfy the fact that it's because of my kindness in turning this thing in that... I'm you. You want hundred hundreds of millions of dollars, even if you believe in karma, which I do to an extent. I'm. Sh- I don't know what kind of get back you can get for turning over four hundred million dollars in. I would love to see what kind of good karmic justice you receive if you do something like that. In a perfect world, this is my mind. I'm hoping he gave that person a few million dollars, like that person enough that they don't ever have to do anything ever again just for being a good person. What would you have done if you were the person that found the ticket? Would you have turned it into the store to give it to the right person? What if you're the person that ended up winning the big lottery? What if you were that person? 
How much would you give that person that turned in your winning ticket? Hey, listen, they could have tossed it in the trash. Nobody would have won. Never seen again. There would have been a winning number out there that no one could have ever claimed. So let's say you do win the lottery, period. Forget this story for a second, which is incredible. Forget this story for a second. Let's say you do win the lottery. What do you do with that money? What's the first thing you're doing with that money? If you ask me, the first thing I'm doing with that money is finding two people, a great lawyer and a great accountant. First two things I'm doing. Why? Because I need to make sure my money goes into the right place and I need to find a way to protect myself legally. So what I'm doing first is seeing if I have to claim the money or can I keep it private? If I can keep it private, we're good. If I can keep it private, we're good. If I have to make it public, then we got some issues. If I have to make it public, then I'm disappearing right then and there. When I win the lottery, nobody's going to know that I won the lottery. This is what I'm doing. I'm taking my car, taking a few things out of my place, taking my immediate family members, piling them into the car, having them take their closest belongings, like their most important belongings, piling that into something, and then we are leaving wherever we are at that moment. Like, hey, that house that you used to live in, the house that you live in, now is the house you used to live in. Come on in. Why? Well, don't ask questions. I'll, I'll let you know when we get, when we get there. I'm going to set up shop in some place we don't know, and then I'm going to claim the lottery. I'm going to do it with my closest friends, too. Like, my closest known associates. Anybody who's really closely associated with me, you're all coming with me. Why? Because you guys cannot become a liability. I don't need anybody kidnapping y'all saying, we got this person for ransom unless you pay X, Y, and Z. Something's going to happen. I don't have a particular set of skills. I can't get you back. So what I'm going to do is make sure nobody gets a hold of you in the first place. Because I don't need somebody saying, hey, isn't that the lottery winner's sister? And you say, oh, that's crazy. But it happens. It's happened way more often than you think, than you care about. I don't know. For some reason, it's like people respect it when someone earns millions rather than winning it by the lottery. And there's been a lot of kidnappings and some lottery winners have been killed and things like that. And all you need is like somebody's friend of a friend to have a very stupid idea. Like, hey, we could fake a kidnapping or fake a ransom. And I know what you're thinking. I'm being overly cautious. Sure, but hey, if I all of a sudden won hundreds of million dollars, or even like $50 million overnight, I would like to err on the side of caution. And what does that mean? That means having all my people where I can see them, and I can make sure they're safe. And then I can say, I can set up X, Y, and Z. I can buy a compound. Put, you know, set up things, set up businesses, donate to charity, go travel, do all that stuff. Do all that stuff. I would do all that stuff. But first and foremost, hey, you lo your old life, you're leaving it behind. Why? Because I can't afford you becoming a liability. We will buy you new friends. I'm all the friend you need at this point. We're rich. Because personally, I've been broke to sort of not broke all my life. But the one thing I've never been is insanely rich.
So I don't know what kind of problems the insanely rich have. I guess which jet to take um, and other such various rich people problems. But I'd like to have them. I would definitely like to have rich people problems. It's better than my problems, which is, hey, how am I going to move and afford to live? That's what happens when you're a creative trying to chase your dream. All I'm saying is that if I had the lottery, everybody's got to disappear for like a couple months. We'll, we'll resurface. We'll resurface when everything's taken care of. But until then, hey, speaking of secret, I saw something on the Internet, on the Facebooks the other day. My friends always post really wacky stuff that makes me afraid of life. It was a, it was like one of those, I don't know, you know, DoorDash, Uber Eats. It was one of those food deliveries. And it was a driver and their friend. And the friend decided, hey, let me put my junk against the salsa or whatever. Whatever condiment it was that they had with the food. And I think it's because they got a bad tip or something. So they gave them a different type of tip. And I freaked out internally. I freaked out internally. And this is why. I order a lot of food online for delivery and I eat out a lot and I eat from, I'm a big metropolitan city, Philly. So I ate from a lot of trucks, a lot of vendors, a lot of corner stores, a lot of mom and pop, poppy stores, bodegas, like just all sorts of places, right? That triggered so much stress in me because that's my personal nightmare. Like food is a really, is I don't want to call it a private thing, but it's such an intimate thing. And my fear is that people are doing stuff to my food because I can't see them. You can't see them. You don't know what kind of intentions the per person making it has, what kind of intentions the person delivering it has. You don't know. They could be having a bad day. Or... You might remind them of the person that didn't tip very well. Or do you, is it really that important to wash your hands when you're preparing food for other people that's not you? Like, come on. Germs die and stuff like that. I'm in a rush. I've been in enough public restrooms to know a lot of you don't wash your hands. You don't wash your hands and you touch everything in the world. So what makes me think you're going to wash your hands when you're handling food? You don't wash your hands when somebody's watching. So what makes me think you wash your hands when nobody's watching? So now you're preparing my food with your genital hands. Who, who knows what else you do with it? I eat from a lot of trucks, food trucks. You know what food trucks don't have? Bathrooms, running water, a lot of things. You know what food trucks do have? People in there for a long time, long stretches of time, all day. Sure, you may go for a bathroom break. Like, who's to say you're washing your hands properly? Who's to say you have the best hygiene in the world? And for some reason, I still eat it. I still eat at carts. I still eat at trucks all the time. Not all the time, but a lot. I still order out a lot. And I still go to restaurants. Because, hey, that's the way the world works. We all do it. We all do it. I'm sure at some point in time, we've all eaten things that we really don't want to know how it was prepared or who was prepared by or are the conditions the cleanest. It's like a lot of restaurants. 
a lot of restaurants that look like they're five star and everything like that, they have little rodents as visitors. It's nothing you can do. A lot of them behind alleyways. It's a lot of trash. It's a lot of food. Even if you try to keep things clean, everything, it's hard to keep things clean all the time. Even though it's a big fear of mine, I can't live in fear about people doing things to my food. I try to be nice to the wait staff. I try to overtip. I overtip for a lot of reasons. You know, I try to I try to overtip to make it easier for the next person. And usually I'm with people that invariably I have a lot of friends that don't know how to tip properly. They undertip so much that I end up having to go behind them and leave extra money. I'm like they're like <laughs> They're like, they did an adequate job. 10%. And I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? You don't do that. That's not what you do. Not when someone serves you food. Not if they did a good job or an okay job. You can't do 10%. It's like, come on. We'll talk about you when you're gone. Which, you know, I don't really care about. So I'm polite to the wait staff. I like to tip. I try to just be friendly to people. Rarely do I complain about my meal because I don't want it coming back with extra. So unless it's something I'm allergic to, I, I usually don't like to complain about the food. Period. But given the fact that you really don't know what people could be doing to the food, maybe just maybe I'm going to start actually eating in more. Maybe I'm just going to make my own food. Because hey, at least I know where my junk's been. Not many places lately, unfortunately. I mean, all the places, it's been all the places, we're switching subjects now. Speaking of scams, great segue, I'm the segue king, let's just say. Rental car companies are big time scams. First of all, they quote you a price, all of them, they quote you this low price that they quote you this low price that you think you're going to pay. And it's like, wow, this price is great. I don't know why I wouldn't rent a car, et cetera, et cetera. And then after you rent it, they want to charge you so many fees, so many mandatory fees that it like it almost triples whatever the rental's worth. The rental is $20 a day with um, all the extras. That thing shoots up to 60 And it's like, well, what happened to the 20 well, there's the reservation fee, there's this, there's that, there's the other. And it's like, well, that's that's not what I want. It's a $20 a day. It's a $21 a day. Oh, that's for that type of vehicle. We don't have that type of vehicle in stock. Or, hey, you can just upgrade it for $4 more a day. That 4 ends up being $40 more a day. And it's always about the fine print. It's never... They're like, oh, well, this is the only car we have. This is a premium style car, so you got to pay extra. There's always something to get you initially to pay more than you're supposed to. And you got to make sure to put as much gas in there as you used, or they charge you an arm and a leg for a refueling fee. The biggest scam by far with rental cars is that insurance. Because here's the thing. If you get the insurance, they don't even bother with the car. If you don't get the insurance, you better take inventory of every nick, 
every scratch, every dent, every imperfection that car has when you pick it up. Because if you don't, they will pin it on you 100%. And now either your credit card, your insurance company, or your pocket is paying for it. Even though you didn't do anything to the car. Even though most likely that scratch was there beforehand. Beforehand. But since you didn't get the insurance, since you didn't get the insurance, you're paying for it. You are paying for it. It's your dime. Unless you have a good way to fight them. Was usually legal. Because you can get on the phone and talk to whoever you want. They're still going to say, well, that wasn't there beforehand. You got to pay for it. How do I know? Because it happened to me, friend. It happened to my friend, actually. It did not happen to me. But I was there when it happened to him. I was there when he picked up the car. And I was there when he dropped off the car. So this is what happened. My buddy had to take his car in for some major work. He went to the rental place that his dealership has a connection with. Really, really, really pretty rental agent. She was she was gorgeous. She was not. She's the one that handles his rental. They go around the car. They did not take a close look at that car. There were a few scratches here and there, but there were a few scratches here and there. It was nothing major. So he takes the car uses the car for a week he's a very careful driver he doesn't really park the car in high-risk areas where people scratch it up etc etc he takes it back funny enough it's actually the same agent it's the same agent funny enough so like yeah we'll just take a look at the car so without skipping a beat Without even really, without even like looking at any other part of the car, she goes to the back of the car, says, What's that? and points out a scratch. Here's the part, here's the part, think about it. Without looking at any other part of the car, she just so happens to make a beeline to the part where there is a visible scratch. There was no, there was no buildup, there was no foreplay to it. She just went straight to it. As if she knew where it was all along. I tell you for a fact, I was there when he got the car. That scratch was there already. Well, you didn't get the insurance. And we went around the car and you didn't say it was there. So you're on the hook for it. Lots of arguing, lots of debating, lots of witnessing. No, I was there. He this, that, and the other. But he didn't circle it. He didn't, he didn't point, they, they didn't indicate it when he first got the car, even though it was there. So guess who's on the hook for that and why? Because he did not get the insurance. So here's the hustle with these places, right? They will let the scratches pile up. They will let the scratches and the dents and everything pile up waiting for that one person who will not get the insurance. Why? Because it costs money to fix cars. Why would they fix the car on their own dime 
when they can eventually find some sucker that's going to fall for it. Some somebody that's not going to be um, observant enough to see the scratches or the dents, or to think they're a big deal, or to circle them so they can't be charged for something like that. That's what they do, and that's what they did to him. I mean, hey, if they can get over on you, they'll get over on you. That's the way it works. But it's just so hilarious that there was no pretext. There was no... She she went right for that spot. And she really didn't try to sell him on the insurance. If they don't try to sell you on the insurance, that should be like indicator number one. That should be warning sign number one. Because they're always trying to sell you on the insurance. So if they're not t- trying to sell you on the insurance, watch out. But what about you? Have you experienced any nightmares with rental cars or anything, rental anything, or traveling in general, like with airplanes? Don't come to me if you fly Frontier or that other one, Spirit. Yeah, Frontier Spirit. You get what you pay for with those. But if you have other like hotel nightmare stories, anything, let me know because I want to hear about them. And then I can tell you about a few of mine. Oh, lastly, I'll give you a little update about my weight loss journey. I am down over 10 pounds from the whole start of this. Insert applause here. Okay, maybe next time. It's not in the budget. Sorry, sorry. I'm broke. But um, yeah, I lost 10 pounds by doing... Right now, I'm doing keto and working out. Feels good. Will I be ready by this summer? That is the big question. And the answer is, I don't know. But I'm going to try. I'm definitely going to try. But who knows? It might happen. It might not happen. I'm going to have fun trying, though. So, wish me luck. And speaking of luck, lucky you. We are at the end of our journey. And you have actually escaped the podcast zone. It's been a blast. But we're going to go. Thank you so much for listening. I am on every major platform except iTunes because they suck and iTunes don't exist. I actually mean Apple because they don't like me for some reason. Hopefully one day I will be on there. But in the meantime, Spotify and SoundCloud and a whole bunch of other ones you can find me on. Please email me at name of this podcast at gmail.com if you want to leave a comment say i'm amazing say i'm horrible leave me money don't really leave me money but unless you really want to give me lottery numbers whatever you want please use it i'm lonely because i'm just talking to myself at this point but before i go i want to leave you with this very inspirational quote by this amazing human being That human being being myself. Remember to chase your dreams. Or your dreams will chase you. Man, that's fake deep. Outro music now.
are a sponsor, your ad would go right here or wherever you want. Really. No, seriously. I mean it. Wherever you want. Wherever you want. Please. Please.